Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunday morning. Whoopee! Sunday morning, the second show of 2016. I had to sit down and work it out myself, actually. Uh, Cheryl's lonely this Christmas. Apparently, she's so lonely, she's had to move her brother into the house. Because apparently the house needs people in it. So, so far, there was just Cheryl and the husband, and now it's Cheryl and her brother, which is quite sweet, isn't it? Uh, Restaurants hide ugly diners at the back. They put the attractive ones at the front. Makes perfect sense to me. I mean, if you're an ugly, you know you're an ugly. You know that you deserve to sit by the kitchen. Don't sit at the front. It's embarrassing, isn't it? It's like, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken. You don't want to see fat people sitting in the window. That's that's going to put you off, isn't it? You want little thin people in the window. Uh, Rocco blocks his mum from his account, and uh, we found a woman who vacuums her body every day. Uh, plus, the uh, the dismay is 47 inmates have been executed in Saudi. We don't know by what method, and I'd rather not even think about it. And ISIS have just executed a 15-year-old boy. His crime? He was gay. The other interesting thing about it is the person he'd been having sex with was a member of ISIS's hierarchy. He was a general in their so-called girly army. and um, And so all they've done with him is they've moved him to somewhere else. The 15-year-old boy gets blindfolded, taken to the top of a tower and pushed off to his death at 15 years old. It's great, isn't it, Isis? There's are such forward-thinking people, bunch of paedophiles who advocate having sex with children. And yet the moment homosexuality comes into it, where most of Isis go around holding hands and skipping, they decide to push somebody off the top of a tall uh, tower block thing. You just can't, uh, can't believe the mentality of these people. You really can't. Uh, also, the Kent port, which could be wiped out in seconds. They found a ship at sea with, they reckon, 1,400 tonnes of explosives. It could take out Kent. It's a thought, isn't it, really, I suppose? I mean, I'm amazed that they've only just discovered it now. Fairly frightening. The Great Casino Inside Sock Job is a really good one. We'll like that. Uh, also, the Facebook fraud gangs... And this is another very good one. I'm trying to warn you about all these things. Uh, a Battersea Dogs Home whistleblower says they put down too many healthy dogs because they're anxious. Now, I know that they have a system in Battersea Dogs Home because I've seen them doing it before. What, what they will do is they will train a dog as much as they can. If they cannot get it out of the condition which it's in, it might have been abused or something like that, they cannot rehome it. So they cannot, and they don't have the facility for hanging on to dogs. So sadly, they, they might have to, in some cases, put them to S-L-E-E-P. Because that's the only way. If you cannot rehome a dog, that, you know, that they, they just don't have the room to look after loads. Because I've done loads of stuff on Battersea Dogs Home. So it doesn't actually, you know, it might be a perfectly healthy dog. But if it's got mental problems, if it's got emotional problems and, and anxiousness, and they can't do anything about it, well, I mean, what else are you supposed to do? I have, to, I have to be with them on that one. Uh, the BBC putting Boy George on as a panellist. The man that he chained to a wall and whipped him with chains has said, shame on the BBC. You know, if this had been, say, um, say Boy George and a woman who he chained to a wall and whipped with chains, they wouldn't have put him anywhere on the programme. Because apparently it's some bloke. It seems OK now for Boy George to appear on the television. Vile piece of work he is. Nasty little piece of work. What on earth attempted, you know, would, would anybody think about putting him in back on the television again? He chained somebody to a wall and then whipped them with chains. Not nice person. Not nice person. Prince Charles talks to Anton Deck. 
They've really brown-nosed. Have you noticed? Every picture, there's Ant and Dec going, Oh, so funny, so funny, Prince Charles. What a wag. Tell us another joke. And here's your sons, because we're, like, really in with them and all the rest of it. And, of course, William and Harry are going, Yeah, yeah, because father's like, you know, sometimes he makes, uh, you know, like, wrong wrong decisions. And Harry's sort of going, Yeah, and, uh, you know, but, you know, we really support him because, you know, Peter's got all this stuff and he came up with this this charity, the Prince's Trust, where, you know, lots of, you know, like, showbiz people uh, come and talk to him and... And as William said the other day, he said, you know, if, if, I, if I get, you know, into like a scrape, I could pick up the phone and go, Pops, uh, what do I do about this? And luckily he'll know somebody. Amazing, isn't it? It's, so, it's so, such a different world from the one that the rest of us are in. You know, most of you phone Samaritans. You know, Wills and Harry phone uh, uh, Pops. That's Wills. Yeah, hi. Uh, uh, window cleaning. Uh, do, we, do we have somebody who does that? Is, no, no, she won't go up a ladder. No, 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 no. Oh, we have somebody. Oh, great. Uh, could you get Granny to send somebody round? Thank you. Bye, Pops. He sorts everything out. He's just so marvellous. It's okay. I mean, can you know, I'm, I'm trying to work out whether or not I think they're actually completely normal and we're all out of kilter or they're so far off the other end that we haven't got the faintest idea what, what they do. And I, I've come to the conclusion, I think it's the latter. I don't think we know what they do. I don't think we know, you know, I think I'd quite like, perhaps we could have a reality show, Meet the Royals. You could have a reality show, couldn't you? You'd have hidden cameras, and you could have sort of Charles going, oh, Camilla, I really fancy you. You're a sexy little kitten you are, aren't you? And then you could have sort of Harry going, oh, God, not that bird. Is that Cressida Bonus? Sort of. Go away. I don't want you on my telephone again. I've met some other bimbos. Go away. I've got a beard now. I'm an adult. Did you know that last year, though, and here was an interesting fact, that the Queen did more engagements than Anybody in the royal family, including Wills and Harry, put together. The Queen did more engagements than Wills and Harry. I mean, Harry's engagements mainly involve propping up bars. I think Harry and Drinky Poos, and then going off, you know, kicking football with sort of the natives, and then doing a photo shoot, and then putting it in the papers. But that just takes up a couple of days. You know, what about the other threat? The Queen is still going out there and doing over 300 engagements. You know, and, and Wills and Harry doing sweet nothing. Mind you, it's a lot more than, of course, poor old Prince Andrew's wayward daughters. I'm sorry, do we work? No, we go on holiday. Do we play up to the fact that we're, that we're princesses? You know, and you look at them and think, you really are not. You really are not. I don't think you know how to behave at all. Uh, what else do we get? Oh, the, the, the dog victims biting back, which is a different story to the bloke the other day who was attacked by his own dog whilst he was having an epileptic fit. And I thought that must have been the worst ever. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't know anything about epilepsy. I know nothing about it. I just know that if somebody's having an epileptic fit, and I've never seen anybody having one, you turn them on their side, you make sure they don't choke or anything like that. And he's got, well, quite clearly, a, a, a dog that could turn quite nasty, even though it wasn't a dangerous dog. But it, it attacked him while he was having the fit. It probably didn't. It was probably frightened. It probably didn't know what was going on. But obviously, I don't know whether or not he was on medication. I don't know anything about it at all. I just think it's terrible. And then, of course, the, the end result is the dog gets put down. They have to put the dog down. It's all very sad, isn't it? Very, very sad. Um, I quite like the idea of... Uh, I quite like the idea of the sex texting MP. I don't kind of... I listen to... Katie Hopkins the other day. I don't actually have a problem with Simon Danger. As far as I'm concerned, he's a man of a certain age who happens to like, you know, young girls. Well, they're, they're women. They're women. 
They're sort of young women that he goes out with. And um, his, his first wife have, have made claims about alcohol fueled bullying and everything else. He's certainly been around the block, hasn't he? I mean, it's, it's not like he's been backwards at coming forward. And, and then, we had the, uh, then we had the girl he went out with for three months. She's flogged her story. I mean, God, no, she makes herself look completely stupid. You go out with somebody for three months. I mean, sorry, you know his track record. If somebody phones you up and goes, hi, it's Simon Dandrake. And you go, hi, Simon, do you want to go out for a drink? Uh, don't think so. OK, th- th- thanks all the same. Give you a rain check. Bye. And when I asked him about it the other day, I said, what is it with you and these girls? He said, I don't know. I don't know, he said. It's just one of those things. And he's quite personable. He must be if he picks them up. Mind you, not one of them's a looker. Have you noticed that? I mean, I don't want to be rude about it, but he, he doesn't exactly go for the really stunning-looking ones. And so, you know, you actually look at, uh, at the, the story. And then we had the story on The Sun the other day, and this was the one that you were all interested in. And, and it was the girl who was 17 who was posing in the sun with quite a busty picture. Now, there's nothing to matter having a busty picture. I myself could have a busty picture taken of me if I so desired. And uh, she apparently asked him for a job online. And he then uh, responds, and they seem to have this, this relationship on, online. She was 17. And I said at the time, the moment the conversation got into what I call the dirty realm, she should have ceased conversation with him. Immediately got into that kind of room. Now the revelation emerges because I knew there was a story. If you remember, I said to you at the time, there's more to this than meets the eye. This is not just some 17 year old girl who is shocked by his language. It turns out she's a dominatrix. She operates. Oh, God, is that her? Jeez. Seriously, she's a dominatrix and and she's been a dominatrix online since the age of 17. Now, I don't know what... I, I, know, I understand what a dominatrix is. I mean, she is not blessed with looks, poor soul. It's not her fault. And so she sent texts, he sent texts, and then she goes to the paper and goes, you know, um, uh, I, I was shocked by what he said. And I think, having read the papers today, wait a minute, you're a dominatrix. You must have heard this kind of language. You can't be that thick. Apparently she lives at home with her mother. Mother must be thrilled. That's my daughter the dominatrix. She's also dropped herself in it with the tax man, something good and proper, because no dominatrix wants to be, wants to be sort of cheap. So she says, men pay me £250 for half an hour. Well, the tax man's going to be looking at you very carefully. There's the other one. They're not blessed with looks, these people, are they? I don't want to be rude, but I mean, there's not one of these people that he's been out with who's, who's a looker, but he claims to have kissed uh, an aide at a Christmas party, which then led him to being dumped by his girlfriend. Claire Hamilton kicked him out of her home after he told her of his smooch. Everybody smooches. Come on, grow up. I mean, is this your, is this your five seconds of fame, Claire? You know, so he, he, he obviously had had sort of relations with you, and then he then says to you, I smooch with somebody, and then she dumps him. And you think, well, grow up, for goodness sake. Honestly, coming to the real adult. That's the other one. Look at this one. Dear God in heaven, even if he had a complete head transplant, it couldn't be remotely interesting. I'm not saying he's a looker either. But I did worry about the dominatrix. And luckily, she's been exposed in the papers today. One of the neighbours said, oh, I wouldn't have... Oh, sorry. And um, it's... Uh, and she Claire announced her split from Simon on Twitter. Oh, how sweet, Claire, of you to think that we were remotely interested in your dreary dalliances with Simon Dan. Who cares? My God, your life must be so shallow. 
if you really don't, you know, you don't understand that we don't care about... They all look slightly remedial, don't they? There's something about them all. I don't know what it is, actually. Uh, it's emerged, actually, apparently, that the, the dog was his girlfriend's, not his. I, would, I don't know. I, I nearly said earlier on that, I mean, are epileptic people or people who have epileptic fits, are they allowed to keep dogs? I only say that because if you're out walking a dog and you have an epileptic fig, fit, the dog can't do anything about it. The dog doesn't know what's going on. But, it, but the, the dog was actually put down. So I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll try and find out. I mean, I'd, perhaps there isn't any sort of rule about it. But I'm sort of looking at... Uh, find your... They have seizure dogs. People are encouraged to keep dogs. Can you believe it? These are... These are what do they call them? They, they do an alarm system. So, so-called seizure response dogs. Good God in heaven. That's interesting. They've also got the rights of individuals with service dogs. They've got questions and answers. Can you go down to questions and answers? So, what is a seizure dog? It's been trained or has learned to respond to a seizure in someone who has epilepsy. Quite clearly this one wasn't a seizure dog. And uh, it might be trained to bark when a child... But he was by himself. Uh, how, how do you get somebody a seizure dog? It depends what your goals are. If you're looking for a seizure response dog, you can discuss what you want the dog to do and work out a plan with a trainer. Good Lord. I had no idea. But I think these are dogs in families, aren't they? Whereas, in fact, this, this man was by himself. This man was by himself. How interesting. But you can, I mean, I know you get hearing dogs for the deaf, and they can sort of, you know, they could tell you when the, when the phone's going to ring or when the front door's going and stuff like that. That's clever. I didn't even know you could get them for epileptics. What a brilliant idea. My God, we're so, far, so backwards in some ways, ladies and gentlemen, and so, so forward in, in others. Quick time check. Oh, look, I'm going to miss every time. I've decided it's my New Year resolution. Somebody kept asking me the other day. They said, what's your New Year resolution, Steve? I can't tell you my answer or response. 17 past six. Steve Allen on LBC. Ken. This morning from 10. Join me, Nigel Farage, only on LBC. I'll tell you the story of how somebody tampered with his wheels which could have resulted in something really, really serious. 6.20 is the time. It's Sunday morning. I'm Steve Allen. No more apologies. Just uh, I wish you a, a pleasant, pleasant new year. I hope it's going to be good. I'm just, I think there's going to be snow, you know. I've got a feeling snow. It's certainly a bit colder this morning. We went to, I told you we went to Winter Wonderland the other day. Don't want to go again. Decided. Not with sausages at £5.50. I've had enough. I go to Costco the other day to try... Oh, I've got something even better to tell you. Uh, I um, I went to Costco and I wanted to buy some of their hot dogs. They do these and they're, they're in um, a blister pack. So they're long life. So I couldn't find any. Uh, I'm not totally convinced the staff had the faintest idea what I was talking about. So I go up to the person who's got the thing. I say, I'm looking for these. They're long life hot dogs. They come in a, in a blister pack. All right. So he goes on the computer. He said, no, he said, we haven't got any. I said, I know you haven't got any. <laughs> you know, not stupid. Um, I said, uh, w- when will they be coming in? He said, uh, oh, there's no, there's, no, um, there's no record of, them, of, of new ones coming in. I thought, but it's a stock item for Costco. I said, but Costco have these all the time. That's why I thought then he didn't know what he was talking about. So uh, I said, well, can you check some of the other stores? Uh, Farnborough's, we checked Farnborough. No, they haven't got any either. So this, this, and so all the stores we checked, we checked uh, Hayes, the Western International. We checked Reading, we checked Watford. None of them had these hot dogs. I said, what, are you telling me? There's been a huge run on these long-life hot dogs all of a sudden. I wanted to say, that's a load of old balderdash, but I didn't say that. So I said, OK, so you haven't got any, and there's no indication of when they're going to be delivered again. No. 
And it was then, as I walked out, I thought, I don't think you know what you're talking about. I really don't. Anyway, uh, so here was, a, here was a story the other day. This was a very good one. This concerns a local trader in Twickenham, a shop. Uh, in our car park, we have wheelie bins for our rubbish. And, uh, you know, and it's, it doesn't take long when you've got flats to fill up wheelie bins. Anyway, so we've got wheelie bins, and, uh, and they're very nice. And there are wheelie bins, because we pay for them. That's how it works. So I, I walk past the wheelie bins in the morning, you know, and in your mind's eye, you see them. And I go and pick up my washing, and I go back upstairs, hang, hang my washing up, and it's all ironed and everything else. I go back downstairs, and I thought, something's missing. In ten minutes, a wheelie bin had gone. And I thought, it's not windy. It's not windy, so where is, where's the wheelie bin gone? So I'm looking around thinking, well, that's really odd. So I go out onto the street, and I look to the right, nothing. Look to the left, and there's my wheelie bin. Being filled up by a bloke from a shop called Bubbles, who is one of these little off-licences kind of things. And he's filled up the wheelie bin. I thought... You've nicked our wheelie bin, you thieving little sons. So I walk up there, I go, what are you doing? He go, what? I said, what are you doing? Huh? What are you doing? You've stolen a wheelie bin, you thieving little so-and-so. So I said, get it all out, get it all. He'd filled it up to the top with all his boxes and rotten this and rotten. Get it out. I lost my temper completely. Get it out, you thieving little so-and-so. I said, what do you think you were doing? What do you think you were doing? And he'd... Uh, I just get it all out. I said, you bring it back. So I made him wheel it all back, all the way back down the street. What a nasty little piece of work. So anyway, so then he goes, oh, the bloke from the sports shop said I could, their, their manager told my boss that we could use the wheelie bins. I said, you're so stupid. You're as thick as you are. I said, why would anybody say you can fill up our wheelie bins and we'd pay to take your rubbish away? I don't think so. Which means he's been doing this for some time, filling up people's wheelie bins. Because he can't, because he's too mean and tight to pay for it himself. So I, I threatened him. I said, well, I'm going to anyway this week. I'm going to report him to the council for fly tipping on somebody else's property. Because he's not quite clearly paying to have his rubbish, rubbish taken away. And this shop bubbles just flogs booze. Booze, fags and sweets. And they're open, you know, open early morning till late at night. And I've heard other stories about him, which I think might have to go a little bit further. But anyway, I'm going to contact the council and say he was fly tipping. He seriously walked in and stole a wheelie bin to fill it up with his rubbish. Over my dead body, I'm telling you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Luckily, we've got it on uh, on CCTV. So uh, he's he's captured for all eternity. What a nasty piece of work. Talking of nasty piece of work. Here she is, fat old bird. Oh, it's... Who is it? Who is it? Oh, it's Daniela Westbrook with a child on holiday. Apparently, her latest boyfriend... She's 41, he's 23. He looks about 14. God knows what his parents must be thinking. God knows. Apparently... Um, so who is it? Who is it? Do we have a name? Do we have a name? No, we just have... She's, uh... She's, uh no, it doesn't actually say, but he's very young. He, he's 23, but looks a lot younger. What in God's name is he thinking about? Rolling about on the surf with Daniela Westbrook. Ooh, God. Anyway, we've got the final... We think we've got the final load of Big Brother contestants. Uh, a lot did not go in. Koo Stark pulled out... But uh, we did say at the time, if you seriously believe that Koo Stark... Um, sorry, I'm really sick then. Um, Koo Stark was going to reveal any secrets about Prince Andrew, think again. Daniela Westbrook, they say she is prepared to go naked. 
Watch a lot of heterosexual men turning gay, ladies and gentlemen. That's what's going to happen there. The old woman said she's uh, she's uh, prepared to strip off. Well, you've done everything else, love. You might as well try that one. But to be honest with you, if I'd wanted to see boobs on the floor, I'd have gone round to my auntie Enid's and asked her. Really, God's that's the level you've sunk to. Your children must be delighted with you. Uh, so not going in. Spencer Matthews. I should think not too. Ola Jordan, when is she going to realise that the only reason she was ever famous, as one of the, I think Carol Malone said, is because she was on Strictly. She's now going to have to sort of open supermarkets and do sort of soft porn calendars. And that's about as good as it gets. And that'll last, she reckons, about a year. Uh, Lady Colin Campbell, we don't her anywhere, do we at all? Vanilla Ice, uh, also uh, Dapper Laughs and Scott Disick. So what are you left with? A right bunch of old reprobates, ladies and gentlemen. Christina Rianoff. I mean, by the time you've seen her without makeup, you're just going to die laughing. Uh, Darren Day, still quite suave and sophisticated. I think he might do all right in there. Nancy Delusional, a rather stupid, vapid woman. Uh, Christopher Maloney. He was from The X Factor, and apparently uh, they think he can help Daniela Westbrook, who they now describe in every newspaper as troubled. I think barking mad would be the thing. This is the woman who described me as uh, a poor excuse for a man. I think, actually, poor excuse for a human being would be Daniela Westbrook. And uh, they feared that she would crack up on the show, so they put in Christopher Maloney. Well, if they fear she's going to crack up, why is she going in in the first place? She's not, she's not mentally stable. That's why they wouldn't put her anywhere else. So Christopher Maloney can be going in. He's had surgery. He was hated on The X Factor, I do believe. I can't remember him at all. Uh, Daniela Westbrook's just some sad old woman with no career. Winston McKenzie? Who's he? Who's... He stood for UKIP. That's his claim to fame, is it? God, blimey, we scraped the U-bend on this one. David Guest, mad as a barrel load of frogs, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Gemma Collins, oh, God. Watcher in the kitchen. They should lock the cupboard, shouldn't they, really, don't uh, she? I don't know if she's thinking about bringing out a DVD, but believe it or not, who was thinking about bringing out a DVD? Some, oh, Kerry Katona's thinking about bringing out a fitness DVD. How to stuff your face and screw up your life, it could be called, couldn't it? Uh, Angie Bowie. The years have not been kind to Angie Bowie. Stephanie Davis is the drunk from Hollyoaks who was fired because she was in breach of contract. Scotty T. Who in God's name is that? Scotty T. Can you find out? Scotty. Just the letter T. Scotty. We might have to ask you about four names on this one because I'm not too sure on some of these people. Scotty T. Looks slightly... Slightly... He's on Geordie Shore, is he? Oh, you sweet little child. Oh, how lovely that you finally managed to get your second gig of your career. That's, that's what he is, is he? Oh, right. And he uses rude words. OK. Who's Jonathan Cheban? Jonathan Cheban. It's um, spelled C-H-E-B-A-N. Jonathan Cheban. Who in God's name is he? We don't know who he is. He's a founder of the website... You know, Kim Kardashian. Oh, rivetingly boring. Another dreary American, ladies and gentlemen. John Partridge, we know. We know John Partridge. Tiffany Pollard. Tiffany Pollard. Who in God's name is she? You have to try and work out who some of these people are, don't you? Tiffany Pollard. And she's... She's an American reality, reality television personality. She was given the nickname New York by rapper Flavor Flav. It's another barking mad American, ladies and gentlemen. They obviously can't find anybody else. She's best known for participation in VH1's Flavour of Love and I Love New York. Oh, riveting. She's very boring already, isn't she? Megan McKenna. Megan McKenna. As I say, I'm, a little, I'm, I'm sort of fumbling in the dark here. Megan McKenna, what does she do? Oh, she's the rivetingly dull one, isn't she? She's been... 
ex on the beach. This is the, this is the bimbo that we couldn't quite work out uh, who she was, and she's just been an ex on the beach. Oh dear, honestly. And uh, she's again. You she she loves using filthy language. Dear me, she's currently suffering, sitting at the table at the family dinner, feeling like death. That'll be useful for us, won't it? Uh, and Jeremy McConnell. Jeremy McConnell. I've no idea who he is either, but we're about to find out, and I can tell you. Oh, he's another, he's an ex-Mr. Ireland, and he's, he's going to sex up uh, Celebrity Big Brother. He's, uh, the former reality star is close to stripper and former Big Brother contestant Mark O'Neill. Who? Never even heard of him either. He looks as though he's slightly wearing too much makeup in all the pictures I'm looking at, so I don't know what that makes him. But apparently, he's, um, he's, uh, he's going to mix things up, according to an insider. He had a stint on MTV's Beauty School Dropouts. God, he's boring already, isn't he? So what have we ended up with? A load of people from rehab, some delusional has-beens, and a couple of old brasses from, uh, from something on the beach and something called Geordie Shaw, and somebody who stood for UKIP once, and that's his claim to fame. So uh, nobody of any interest at all. But as I say, f- first breakdown, Daniela Westbrook. I'm promising you now, I'm telling you, I'll put money on it. She will be doing, inside a week, I'm going to miss my kids. <laughs> and then we'll have to get rid of her. And that's what she does. That's her little trick, isn't it? That's her little act. Because she can't bloody well act at all, can she? 6.30. Steve Allen on LBC. See, the more you read about Winston McKenzie, the more you realise what the word failure is. He's done everything. He was originally a middleweight boxer, so he gave up at the age of 23. Then he worked as a hairdresser, a rug wholesaler, a letting agent, a garage mechanic. Um, he also uh, unsuccessfully auditioned for The X Factor. He's been a member of every political party, and he's achieved nothing. Precisely nothing. Zero zilch kaput. So he's ideal candidate uh, to put on celebrity rehab. As I say, but, I mean, we'll be having, you know, the dreary... I mean, Nancy Delolio won't have anything in common with anybody. Uh, nobody will like her. She's deeply unpleasant. And the rest of them, as I said, I wouldn't give you threepence for. Wouldn't give you threepence at all. I only like people with talent, and luckily they don't have any. But as uh, as I blocked Daniela Westbrook the other day, who wants somebody who can't spell? Mind you, I got that from... I got something... Not I didn't get it, but I was reading somebody else's. A well-known celebrity. They can't spell for toffee. Seriously, some of these people are total illiterates. It's very worrying, isn't it? But uh, on Friday which was New Year's Day, and we've done it for the past, I think, about six years. We do a a show at the Magic Circle. And it's an opportunity, 160 of us get together, and uh, they have close-up magic, and then they get a stage show, and it it was... Really good this year. In fact, a lot of people had never been to the Magic Circle before. Some people had travelled down from up north. Some people had travelled miles and miles and miles. And I got no end of uh, of texts and emails from people saying, you know, how much they uh, they uh, they loved it. Uh, Gary says, uh, the best afternoon on New Year's Day. Our third year running and the acts were as polished as ever. I love close-up magic and spend time tacking, tracking, uh, chatting teeth right to brendan rodriguez who was doing his thing on the first floor and i got there uh, early they parked behind my car i noticed and uh <laughs> he said um he says um it, it was, he said it was really good looking forward to next year's gary and uh, and annie and they were great we had ben hart who's very young called ben hart throb i think because people sort of think he's very good looking he was doing it uh, scott penrose the president of the magic circle did two acts one was a um a traditional uh, magician uh, box act, as I call. He brought on three illusions. Uh, and then he did his famous dove act at the very end of the show. We had Tina Leonard, 
who uh, does a very good... It's, it's quite clever, actually. It's quite clever. It's an act with a, with a mop. It sounds a bit bizarre, but it's an act with a mop. And uh, then we had Mike Caveney as well, who's very well... Both, both sort of uh, magic royalty, both magic royalty, and went down very well indeed. And uh, who else do we have? I'm trying to think, actually. It's, we had uh, Ben, Scott, Mike Caveney. Oh, we had a lovely girl called Isla who was helping Scott out and then did her own act as well. All in all, it was it was a very, very good show, and everybody loved it, and we got loads of uh, nice comments afterwards, which is fantastic. So uh, I hope that uh, if you didn't get to go this year and you missed out, then um, then you'll have to get in quick for next year. I'll let you know when the tickets go on. So it won't be till, you know, November, something, uh, something like... Uh, yeah, about, about the middle of November before the tickets go on sale for it again. But it's always good. We always have a fabulous lineup, and uh, people have been many times now, and it's it's a great opportunity to watch some magic, and uh, and to visit the magic circle and go to the museum, which Tim was looking after, and everybody worked really hard, and it was super. It was a super day. Front of house, you know, backstage, everybody. It's uh, it was a bit crowded. But we managed to get through it, and I had a very nice time. So thank you for coming down. Uh, right. Oh, Lembidopic's having surgery apparently to turn him into somebody more attractive. I don't think there's that much surgery or plastic available anywhere as to really change somebody. Why can't people just be happy with the way they look? People have to change themselves. Uh, there's outrage over a BBC Two show, a drama documentary, that claims the Queen Mother was jealous of Wallace Simpson and loved Edward VIII. Slightly disastrous. Uh, she didn't like Wallace Simpson at all. She really didn't. The Queen Mother hated her. Absolutely hated her. With a passion. And it was it was very, very obvious that when Edward VIII died, uh, the Queen Mother stood nowhere near Wallace Simpson. It was no... Everybody knew about the feud for years. The Queen Mother, far from being that nice, kindly old lady, that we were, oh, it's the Queen Mother, isn't it? She could be very bitter and held on to bitterness for a long time. The only person within the royal family managed to get the word Queen twice. Queen Elizabeth, the Queen's mother. So she got Queen in twice. But uh, just an ordinary little short, fat woman who sort of, you know, put diamonds on and, you know, and, and was part of the royal family. But she she liked gin. She liked gin. Apparently there was that rumour that most of the staff that surrounded the Queen Mother were gay. And, uh, and I believe that she was sitting in there because, you know, there was no central heating in Clarence House. It was only after she died they put in heating. So, I mean, I thought she'd been frozen in time. And uh, the rumour was that she could hear the, uh, the staff outside having a bit of, bit of fun. And allegedly, the Queen Mother said, uh, when you old queens out there have finished messing around, there's an old queen in here who'd like a gin and tonic. And so people used to joke about the Queen Mother and her gay staff because uh, they were the most loyal to her. Backstairs, Billy, of course, knew everything. But uh, the moment she died... They get rid of the staff. They have. They, they seriously. It's it's very odd within the royal family. You know, you're you're there and you don't earn very much money because. And the reason you don't earn very much money is because they're tight to start with. Secondly, in fact, you know they're tight or frugal. Frugal would be a better word, because the queen they they'll say, look at this outfit. She wore this then, 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 and then. They they recycle things. She's quite good at it. It's only the silly side of it. Andrew and his dreary daughters and the ex-wife who's flogging food mixers on American television. She's a class act. And um, and so they're, they're all there and they don't pay much money because if you work for the royal family for at least say a year or two years, you can get a job in America. They'll pay you big money. Somebody who's worked for the royal family, they bend over backwards for you. Some of them might have to. And so they're doing this BBC program where they're saying that she was jealous of Wallace Simpson. She hated Wallace Simpson. She hated, absolutely hated it with a passion. I think the only time she came out sort of properly was when Wallace Simpson was dead. And I think she just wanted to check she really was dead. Because I could see them all in my mind's eye, all standing there waiting for the, the coffin. 
uh, to come in. And then that, that, that was that one. But the Queen Mother's funeral, of course, because um, Diana died first, she got the Queen Mother's funeral, if you see what I mean. So Diana, they didn't have a funeral in place. They needed to organise something quickly. But the Queen Mother's was in place because they weren't expecting it to go for that long. So there was a funeral in place and all the preparations that they'd done for the Queen Mother, including the rehearsal of all the troops and everything else, they put into place for, for Diana's funeral. But it'll be very interesting to see a programme. The trouble is she's... Um, there she is. Look at that look on her face. Look at old Prince. She's sort of smiling. She had the worst teeth imaginable. The Queen Mother had the worst teeth. They really were bad. And everybody looks so young, don't they? Wallace Simpson's funeral. And the, and the look on her face goes, I'm so glad you're dead. It's, it's definitely like that. Princess Anne with what can only be described. I don't know what sort of hairstyle that is. I've got no idea. But that was uh, April the 29th, Wallace Simpson's funeral. And the Queen Mother, quite defiant. You're not going to upset my family again. And they were all there. They were all there. And uh, But when Wallace Simpson turned up for her husband's funeral, she was wearing the full veil. You know, the re- look at it. I mean, it's really bizarre. Really bizarre. And do you see the Queen Mother anywhere near her? No, you don't. You don't. But Wallace Simpson wearing the veil. I don't think people ever forgave her. I was looking at pictures the other day. There are pictures which emerged into a newspaper of somebody who had um, worked for Wallace Simpson. She died in... 86. Her house is owned by Mohammed El Fayed. He bought the house that she died in. And somebody, a maid, I think, had got a picture of her in bed in her last, uh, her last years. So there was a picture of her in bed, this sort of little thin person. But, uh, but they still carried on, even when they left here. Uh, also, I think uh, their former London love nest went on sale. No blue plaque due to another of her controversial affairs, and it was uh, uh, Bryanston Court on George Street. I mean, very ordinary, very ordinary, because they were. It was only the, the houses that were terribly grand. When you look at that flat and you look at the pictures of it, you sort of think to yourself, that looks quite quite ordinary. It does. I mean, it's uh, this sort of... Many of their love letters carried this address, and they sold the jewellery. He, he sort of he went crackers and bought jewellery and did all sorts of things. And it was, But, I mean, I suppose if you fall in love with somebody, what can you do about it? You've got no idea, have you, that people are going to react so badly. He had a dreadful... Did he have a stammer? I seem to remember he had a stammer or something. He couldn't get things out properly. But they married in 1937, uh, so he, he stepped down. He did his, uh, his abdication and all the rest of it. It was, at the time... Not 1937, I remember, but later people were horrified that this was an American socialite. She wasn't even blessed with any social graces, to be honest with you. She didn't seem to know anything about how it uh, how it worked here. Uh, apparently, she was accused of having a relationship with uh, Joachim von Ribbentrop, who was Hitler's ambassador to London. It's never been proven. Never been proven. And of giving him details of British troop movements. Again, never been proven. It doesn't really matter now because all the people concerned are dead. But it was very interesting at the time. I can remember, oh, they've sort of, they've done the kitchen up nicely, haven't they? Kitchen's done up nicely. 5.3 million, I tell you honestly. And still nobody wins the lottery. Still nobody wins it. You imagine Wallace Simpson trying to get up on any of these, these chairs now. But they did, in this house in, in France, they did maintain some sort of royal way of, of sort of, you know, of behaving, which was interesting. Uh, finally, up to date, says little Julie with the podcasts. And uh, she says, oh, my God, so bad, read the wheelie bin. Due for staying in, I think, heavy rain forecast for today. Yes, I believe so. Luckily, I brought my little umbrella. But can you imagine somebody wheeling, you know, somebody who's got a shop on, on Twickenham High Street who's, who's thieving a wheelie bin because they can't be bothered to pay for their own rubbish clearance. You wait till I speak to the council this week. Oh, 
I'm going to have a field day. Absolutely a field day. Uh, what is it? Oh, we have to take a quick break. Then we'll come back and then um, uh, Davina McCall, uh, she has a DVD to flog. So the stories now in the papers of how she would look in the mirror and burst into tears. I should imagine Daniela Westbrook gets roughly the same kind of thing, doesn't she? Uh, and the Facebook fraud gangs who turn teenagers into criminal money mules. How easy is it to set up? Very easy. How easy is it to take down by Facebook? Not very easy. As fast as they took them down, more sprung up. And it's a way of parting you from your money. You won't believe how it operates, so I'm going to tell you after this. Steve Allen on LBC. Oh, well. Anyway, there you are. Nice to have you company. Welcome to Sunday morning. It's the 3rd of January already. I told you, this year is going to race through. It's going to be so fast this year. Last year was fast. This year is going to be faster, I've decided. Uh, what else we got? All oh, the souvenir calendar of the Queen at 90. Miracle, isn't it? I mean, seriously, there must be something that they're, they're doing within the royal family that makes sure that they live. I mean, look at Prince Philip. He's about 93, isn't he? You know, people go, do you think Charles will ever be king? I shouldn't think so. I shouldn't think so. It is very interesting, though. Very, very interesting. Uh, just to let you know, says Karen that the medical detection dogs near Milton Keynes train dogs to alert patients with diabetes, Addison's disease and uh, narcolepsy. And I belong to the Chiltern American Women's Club based in South Buckinghamshire. And a few years ago, we donated some money from our annual bazaar to that charity. And I had the privilege of visiting the medical detection dogs and was humbled to meet people, including children, whose lives have been transformed. It's also fascinating to see dogs sniff our bladder cancer cells in urine samples. And I think I'm right in saying they're working with dogs to train them to recognise breast cancer. Yes, yes. It's amazing, isn't it, what sort of dogs can do. I know that over the years, we've sort of used dogs for all sorts of things, but to train them to sniff out disease... I'm always amazed that dogs can sniff out drugs and, uh, and sniff out money. Sniff out money. They, they have money dogs at the airport. And, uh, I mean, it's very interesting. Prince Philip's 94. Good Lord. It is, I mean, it is absolutely amazing, isn't it? What are, are they... Do, I mean, they, the Queen is 89. And you think to yourself, um, what are they eating that when... I mean, she's always had a fairly healthy lifestyle. She doesn't eat very much. I don't believe she drinks very much. I don't, I don't know whether or not uh, anybody else in the royal family drinks. Well, we know, we know Harry drinks quite a bit. <laughs> and that's it. But I had no idea whether, whether Camilla knocks back a few G&Ts. But the Queen, she's obviously doing... She's 89. She's still doing more engagements than anybody else in the royal family. I mean, you know, no sign of slowing down. I know they're trying to shove it all onto Harry, but to be honest with you, you'd feel cheated, wouldn't you? And here we've got a member of the royal family who's going to hand out the, uh, the honours. And you've got Harry. You know, I can only hope that for the New Year honours, when they hand them out, it is the Queen. It is the Queen. I, w- I would like to think so. I mean, she, I like her. I really like her. I understand exactly. Do you remember in 92, she was talking about the kids' marriages breaking down. That was her Annus Horribilis. And, uh, and she was suffering with a dreadful cold at the time. And it must be awful when you get to that age to start worrying about things. But, you know, I know people say, well, of course she's lived a long while. She doesn't exactly have to exert herself. She doesn't climb mountains or, or go hang gliding or anything like that. You think, no, but she's still got to get ready every morning. Every morning somebody's got to come in, do her hair, do her makeup, because she's always... You never see her in a pair of Dr. Martins and a pair of sort of, you know, cut-down Levi's, do you, out in the garden, because she's not like that. I should imagine every minute of her working life is spent having to look good. And that's why I like her as the, as the head of the royal family. I wouldn't give you threepence for half of them. 
Seriously, I'm not remotely bothered by uh, Prince Andrew and his waste of space children. You know, I'm really not bothered. I really couldn't care less. But as he is the son of the Queen, they, they sort of give him uh, money. I mean, he's sort of he's sort of been some sort of self-appointed ambassador going round. He married uh, 80... He'd been out with a variety of people. Let's just put it that way. Some of them highly undesirable. But there again... I always thought Prince Andrew was very much like sort of uh, Danjuk as well. You know, he liked, he liked going around. He went onto an island once and they were all pictured naked, him and these girls. And then they came back and sold stories about him. And then he, then he married Ferguson and then they got... Uh, and apparently they, he only married her because she was, she was quite an old heifer-lump. She really was at the time. And we all went, so where's she come from? And they went, oh, this is Major Ron's daughter. He was known for going in and out of massage parlours. She, of course, was, uh, was used to telling jokes, but rude jokes. And that's what they both liked, apparently. They have a strange relationship whereby she sort of lives in a house near him. And, and the daughters don't do anything at all. Uh, and then Sarah was filmed by a News of the World reporter in, I think it was about 2010, claiming that the Duke of York had agreed that if she were to receive £500,000, uh, he, the prince, would meet the donor and pass on useful top-level business contacts. Uh, which didn't really, didn't really help, actually. It was all subsequently denied. But she was filmed receiving in cash $40,000 as a down payment. But there again, that's what they do. I mean, the Duke of York goes around. I don't know what on earth he can do. He doesn't actually done anything. You know, he's been in the army, but he now sort of pops up at trade fairs and something like that. He's had some very dodgy friends. He's had um, he's had some very dodgy friends, including uh, somebody who had had a, a brush with children. That's all we'll put it down there. And uh, he was also a very close friend of Colonel Gaddafi. And, and yeah, he's he's sort of the trouble is because he's not bright. He doesn't really know. Somebody needs to say, but of course nobody can say to any member of the royal family, I think you're hanging around with the wrong people. Because that's what he's done throughout his life. He's hung around with the wrong people. But of course, being the arrogant Prince Andrew, and it was always, always stated that he was the most arrogant person. None of this call me Andy. It was call me Sir. You know, he's living in some delusional little sort of bubble somewhere. But uh, he does get an annuity from the Queen. 249000 annually. Uh, although, interestingly enough, uh, last year he got £436,000 to cover his expenses. He spent 620000 as a trade envoy, including 154000 on food. Hasn't he just bought with Sarah Ferguson a, a, um, a ski lodge in Verbier for about £13 million? Well, where in God's name does he get £13 million from? Where would he get that from? I couldn't believe it. I'm sure it was in Verbier. It is, yes, it is. It is in Verbier. There you go. It's got... Um, Six permanent members of staff. Uh, uh, and Sarah Ferguson goes out there. The years have not been kind to Sarah Ferguson. They apparently bought it together 20 years uh, after their divorce. And uh, she will keep a room in the Prince's official residence, Royal Lodge at Windsor, as well as renting a flat in London, because she now flogs Tat to the Americans. And the Americans like Tat. You know, they go, oh, it's Sarah Ferguson. What's she flogging us? And it turns out to be a food mixer. I think one of them was, was a food mixer. But this £13 million wooden chalet, 13, where do they get £13 million from? Has he been selling off some of the Queen's trinkets or something? Where do you get £13 million from? It is, it's a giant beach hut, isn't it? That's what they call it, I think. And there's the removal van outside. Which company that is? Oh, it's Abel's, I think. Is it Abel's or something like that? But anyway, and so they've got a pool and a sauna and, uh, and it's lovely. Of course, then uh, Sarah Ferguson's been hanging around with an entrepreneur. She likes people with a bit of money. She likes that. It's, it's quite a big uh, ski lodge kind of thing in Verbier. 13 million. 
I still ask the question, where do they get 13 million from? Unless she's flogging an extraordinary amount of food mixers. <laughs> and, uh, and then she brought out food, didn't she? She was flogging food. Having told you to be healthy. And uh, six staff members, six permanent staff members. Can't they make a cup of tea or something? Are they, are they as useless as we think they are? God. Dear me, honestly. Anyway, the first flooded, then fleeced. This is the poor people who, up north, have just literally had enough. They can't get uh, insurance. Nobody will, will cover them. The £100 excess is now £5,000 excess. It's, it's just really appalling. And uh, now the government have said that they will pump £40 million quid into looking at it. But there seems to be no end in sight, seeing as today... The heavens are going to open and we're going to have yet more rain. I mean, I don't mind. It doesn't actually particularly bother me, but it would bother me if I lived up there. I mean, the £180 million cover, which was promised by the government three years ago, where's that? Never materialised. You know, it's a case of, it's it's a lot of claptrap, but no action at all. I mean, it really is absolutely appalling, absolutely appalling that these poor people are suffering so badly and we just sit down here and I'm as useless as the next person. I just say, isn't it terrible? And don't do anything about it, because I don't know what to do about floods. It's an act of God, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Philip said it was, uh, it was Edward's uh, brother who had the stammer. Rumour was, Queen Mother hated Wallace as her husband had to become king and wasn't prepared for it, so his stammer got worse. That's right, and he smoked, didn't he? I remember he, was, uh, he had to do a... I think it's on YouTube. He had to do a, a speech to launch a boat, and it was a really bad stammer. And he didn't like doing speeches. And they didn't have the same sort of experts that we have about now. So uh, it was it was very embarrassing, very embarrassing. Uh, pictures in the newspaper today, the sonar image of a wreck that could wipe out the Kent port in the estuary uh, at any moment. Uh, Sheerness, by the way, if you're listening in Sheerness, uh, this is what they're saying. And this is uh, enough explosives in the ship. It's a Second World War ticking time bomb. It lies on the seabed just off the coast of Kent. The incredible image using the latest in multi-beam sonar technology has captured what this ship looks, looks like underwater. It's split in half. Uh, it was bringing munitions from America to the UK, packed with dozens of high-explosive blockbuster bombs when it ran aground. Uh, 1,400 tonnes, 2,000 cases of cluster bombs, and... Hundreds of standard bombs weighing up to £1,000 each. They say here, if the ship exploded, it would create one of the biggest non-nuclear blasts ever seen. It would devastate Sheerness, causing up to a billion pounds worth of damage. One historian said the blast could create a tidal wave which could flood Sheppey, the Isle of Grain, perhaps even Canvey Island and South End. The Maritime and Coastal Agency, which released the sonar image, now spend... £40,000 a year monitoring the ship around the clock. It's protected by a 1,600-foot exclusion zones. And governments have wrestled with the problem. They don't know what to do with it. The existence was even factored into the decision on whether to build a Thames Estuary airport. So uh, the MCA said, with advances in technology, data quality is improved, and as a result, we see greater definition and detail, which allows us to get a better picture of the wreck in its current state. It's got a lot of bombs on there. It's got a lot of bombs. It's quite frightening, isn't it? Quite, quite frightening. Especially if you live down uh, down that neck of the woods. I'll take some more of your texts and emails in a moment. Uh, Noreen says, I think the Queen eats frugally and enjoys a Dubonnet. Oh, nice. A Dubonnet. It's not fortified, is it, Dubonnet? So I feel sorry for everybody affected by the weather. My aunt in Blackpool had damaged uh, damaged her roof. Uh, not too much, thank goodness. So let's uh, let's hope everybody has a has a good day. 
And uh, she says, if I was receiving an honour, which I never will, I'd very much hope it was the Queen who was doing it. Or William. I feel a bit short-changed if I got Charles or uh, or Andy. Oh, God, you wouldn't want Andy, would you? Oh, dear. Or even Harry. Uh, Still to come, the Facebook fraud gangs. It's so simple and yet so dangerous. And you might know somebody who's got involved in it. Outrage as a safari firm's killer lion raffle prize. You can kill a lion if you win it. Uh, Lembidopics to have facial surgery. Uh, the shame of the BBC putting uh, Boy George on as a panellist. This is the boy who, uh, Boy George, who pinned somebody to a wall with chains and then whipped them. He's really not pleasant at all. Rocco, apparently, we're told, has blocked his mum from his account. It's all going wrong in that Madonna family, you know. On Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. When you look at the images on the television, the power of the water and coming down these rivers that have swelled over their banks, they say weather warnings today. We've now got uh, a red and an orange and a yellow warning from the Met Office. That's anything, you know, up to 200 millimetres plus coming down, which is quite a lot. And uh, they're uh, aware of more flooding. They've got 33 flood warnings out. And uh, they've also got some flood alert. Eight of them are in the, uh, the West Midlands. Scotland's got 17 flood warnings out. And uh, they're all over the place. You've just got to be careful. They're saying they're going to spend £40 million. Pounds, but we're still waiting for the last bit of spending, aren't we? So 98 flood alerts across England, Scotland and Wales. It's not good, you know. It's not good. I've done my prayers. I've said, can we not have any more water, please, God? And, uh, and lo and behold, down it comes again. So the story's in the papers. It's, it's Simon Danjuk who's in, the, in every single paper this morning. I don't think there's a paper that hasn't run it. Uh, one is running on the front of the mail. The Sun, are, they were the ones who started it. The Sun were the, were the ones who started it. With this girl, who they're now saying is a dominatrix. Well, I mean, to be quite honest, I had to look it up in a dictionary, ladies and gentlemen. I had no idea. Apparently, she sort of she just shouts at you. Which seems a bit pointless if it's just on the internet. And she lives at home with her mother. And she charges, we're told, £250 for half an hour. Who pays that? I mean, come on, with the best will in the world. And we're all supposed to, I think, still be in a recession. And people pay £250 for somebody to abuse them. Phone me up, I'll abuse you on the telephone. We can get it for free. You don't have to pay for things like that. I don't quite understand why anybody would ever want to go to a dominatrix. People who walk about over your back or something. Or She said she was sort of describing various things that are on offer. And to be quite honest, it opened my eyes. My life is so dull. You know, I mean, I get, I get quite excited looking at all the fruit, you know, in Marks and Spencers and little plastic things. I get a bit excited by that, you know. Very idea that somebody's going to walk about in stilettos on your back. I can't imagine why you'd pay for that kind of thing. Oh, you think that's a good idea, do you? OK, well, there you go. Uh, Sally says, you've got a very young-sounding voice. If I didn't know your real age, I would think you were in, in your early 30s. Excuse me, I am in my early 30s. Outrageous, isn't it? Uh, Wayne the Trolley Dolly says, thank you for another fab year of early breakfast shows. You have kept me company through thick and thin. On the subject of in conversation, how about Gemma Collins? I think not. I think not. I don't think that's ever likely to happen as long as there is breath in my body. Uh, Carol says, the people in the reality shows, Big Brother, are only marginally above the intellect of those who watch them. We need not worry about them. John in Bromley only knows two. Darren Day and Westbrook. He said, who are the other ones? Well, they're nobodies. They're nobodies. Apparently, the hot dogs, says Kevin, are called rollover hot dogs. No, they're definitely not. They're not called rollover hot dogs. Oh, I wish I could remember what they were called. They're, they're almost like sort of... Um, they're, they're sort of solid. They're not like sort of bratwurst or something like that. But they are... It's in a blister pack, and you get about 12, I think, or 20 or so, whatever it is. They're, they're very good. So I, I didn't believe it when he went to the computer and said, no, we haven't got any. It's a, it's a stock item for them. 
fast as it sells out. I mean, I've never known it even sell out. It's ridiculous. Uh, Steve, by next Wednesday, you could lend the flood victims 50 million quid, says Les, if I win. If I, I think it's highly unlikely. Uh, I'm a dog handler, says Chris, for the prison service, and I've got a dog that can find mobile phones and sims. Yeah, but can he use them? That's the thing, isn't it? And actually, considering some of the stories in the papers today, you're not doing very well. They need to send you to one particular prison. I think it's up in um, Manchester, I think, where most of the prisoners have got mobile phones. They were filming something, you know, in, in a prison the other day, and then it, uh, then it turned up on the internet. So I've never heard of a dog that uh, finds mobile phones. What would they, don't they all smell differently? I, I'm, I can't even understand the money. I can't even understand the, the money on that at all. Uh, Steve, you've got to watch the King's Speech. I've seen it, actually. Carol's a speech therapist. I nearly became a speech therapist. I seriously did, years and years ago, when I was sort of at school, and, and they sort of say, so what would you like to be when you grow up? I said, well, taller would be nice. And, uh, and they said, so what sort of job do you think you fancy? And I thought, oh, I thought, at one time, I thought estate agent. And I went out with an estate agent. Uh, they assigned me to him for, I think, for three days. And he would go around valuing pubs. Pubs that uh, nobody was drinking in anymore. And they would sort of sell it. But when we used to go around, it was a long, long time ago, they, they would sort of look at chairs in the pub and go, pound, 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 pound. And it would, it would be that, that sort of level. They, they did a programme on the television where they tried to explain to somebody that if the bailiffs come round to your house to repossess things, they give you the low... What do you mean, No. I don't want it. There's no such word as no. You have not done the entire building to find milk. You have not done the entire building. I'll tell you where there might be some. I've just thought. Downstairs, where the barista is, in the coffee thing, he's... Well, I, well, I don't mind paying. I've got money. I've got, you know... Da, 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 da. Oh, there's no money in there. But no, I mean, he might have milk in there. And as I know him... As I know Dan, he might say, that's OK, Steve, if it's, if, it's, if it's you having a cup of coffee or being miserable for the next 50 minutes, count them. So, yeah. And also, if they say they haven't got the key, uh, security have got the key. OK, just 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 tell him down there. Just tell him I'm watching him on, on camera and uh, he might have some milk in that fridge. If not, you're going out for a walk. OK, I cannot drink black coffee. <laughs> just ridiculous. Oh, dear. I'm supposed to be in a good mood, actually, because it's the start of the new year, and I like being in a good mood at the start of the new year. Poor old John down in Burnham-on-Sea in Somerset says, pouring with rain. Pouring with rain. I think very shortly he'll be wearing flippers and a snorkel. Looking forward to a roast beef dinner. I'm, I think, I'll tell you what they're looking... Oh, at the Magic Circle, they're looking forward to... Um, they're looking forward to their last show today. They had two shows yesterday and one show today. They've done about 16 or 17 shows. I think they were borderline exhaustion the other day. So I know that they're all terribly excited that, uh, that they're not going to be having to do more shows next week. So uh, it's a good show. If you're going down to the Magic, pardon me, the magic Circle Day, you're going to love it. And uh, Ken says, didn't uh, Andrew sell off South York, the house the Queen uh, gave him and Fergie as a wedding present? Yes, he did, actually. Yes, it was somebody who hasn't done anything with it. It was one of these despots from somewhere who paid way over the odds. But I don't... 13 million. I mean, you can get much better chalets. Seriously, than 13 million quid. I've had a look at it in Verbier. And to be honest with you, Courcheval is the place to go. Courcheval, 1850. And, you know, you can get a really super-duper chalet for about 8 million. But, of course, that wouldn't be any good for Andy because he's a show-off. And so he has to sort of go, oh, I've got this, I've got that, actually. Uh, George, the uh, stammer was cured. 
or reduced greatly. I don't think it was cured, absolutely. Not, not, uh, not cured, but it might have been reduced by uh, Lionel Logue, an Australian speech therapist. Imagine. <laughs> a nation who never learned to play with coits. You know, good day, mate. And that's a speech therapist. Fantastic. We're all going to end up speaking like you. Uh, then the other story was... Another steer, uh, story here. This is from, 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 from... Wait a minute. Sorry, I've already done that one. Quickly go on to the next one. And uh, Mauricio, uh, love your fan. Uh, sorry, <laughs> love your show, big fan of your show. It's good. Have you done a, an In Conversation with Chris Tarrant? Yes, yes. Of course we have. I've known Chris Tarrant for goodness knows how long. And his son as well. And his son. And uh, somebody says, I think you're amazing. Yeah, great. Uh, been listening to you for years, and I'm from Scotland. Well, you're starved of decent radio, aren't you? If you're up in Scotland, here we go. Okay, the new. I don't know. I don't even know what that means, actually. <laughs> I have no idea what it means. Is it okay, the now, or something? Okay, the new means okay, the now. It's not even grammatically correct, is it? Okay, the now. The now what? We don't know. I do like it up there, actually. It's very nice. It's very nice. Uh, Scotland. Uh, so what else? Oh, Steve, Harry has fought for us. Yeah, but, you know, I don't think that's... You know, there's loads of people who fought for us. Loads of people who fought for us. It doesn't actually change anything at all, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, right, uh, what do we have here? Oh, it's another Simon Dandrick. Sorry, I must better get away from that, surely. Um, oh, this is uh, Dandrick's lover on their three-month affair. How boring. How dreary. What? You're going out for a walk, aren't you? I've got some money here. I've got some money. What, you're coming back to me saying I've had to cough up for the blasted milk. Never, I can't believe that there's no milk in this building. I'll be glad when it all gets back to normal tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. How much is milk nowadays? I don't know what it is. About £30, is it? You just get a bottle for that, do we? Right, I've got some money here. It's not any more than £2, is it? No. <laughs> £2 for milk. It's not any more... But I, I, I suggest you, you get £2 worth. Yes. Try and do a deal with them. <laughs> Say, we'll mention them on the radio if we get the milk for free. <laughs> Some hope. Some hope. Actually, I bought new milk the other day, but I do remember looking through the fridge and thinking, there isn't any milk. People are going to be very disappointed when they come to get their cup of coffee. So at least if I've, if I've been out and bought that, that's my gift. That's my gift to the company. Uh, Wills and uh, Harry chatting to Ant and Deck, who apparently think they're really hilarious. And go, ha, 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 very funny. And um, Prince William has opened his heart on how fatherhood made him realise how precious life is. This is a man who never needs to worry about money at all. He's never going to go, oh, God, pops, uh, the bills come in, like, and it's, it's £160. Do we have any money? You know, they're never going to worry about money or tax for cars or anything at all. It is a, it is a very... Um, a very precious job, I should imagine, for uh, for them. And uh, and uh, Lauren Goodger. Now, the story is that Lauren Goodger, a fatty, went out and got pictured being very fat, because that's what they do when they're releasing a DVD. And uh, now she's lost all the uh, the weight. She's got her DVD out called OMG. And there will be people, naive people, who have not listened to this programme, who will go and uh, buy it. But... I have to go by what one of the columnists said the other day, and they were absolutely dead right. She's a poor cow, they said, because for this year, she's going to have to starve herself. But guaranteed, by the end of this year, it will be back on again. Because these DVDs do not work. This is a lifestyle. She's done it for the old spondulics. She's done it for the money, OK? She said, I was called a beached whale. I knew I had to do something. And also, you didn't have a career, did you, Lauren? 
you know, just sort of just sort of wandering around looking a bit dim. And the other thing they always say is they go, oh, of course, now my sex life has perked up. Assuming that fat people don't have a sex life. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. You know, I mean, she wasn't interesting before. She's even less interesting now, except they, they have a picture of her being fat and then a picture of her being thin. Bearing in mind, this would be a, at least three months out of her life to do this to earn the money. And so you can buy it. It's £20. £20. Go to the doctor. They'll give you this for free. If you want to lose weight, walk up and down stairs. Start walking. Don't take the bus. Get a bicycle. Go up and down stairs. Don't take the lift. Simple. All sorted for you. Because they've got here Lauren's handstand press-ups. It's a load of old baloney. It really is. You do not need to spend money. And so, because she was pictured fat because she went out with a photographer to take a picture of her looking fat, you know, and she was so horrified. That's made me lose four stone. But, of course, the poor soul is so deluded that she doesn't realise that she's got to keep this weight off now for this year as she goes out and does her little interviews and everything else. But every single person who has done these, with the exception of Davina McCall, who's never put on an ounce in her life, put the weight back on again. If you want proof of it... Just turn on the television. All these people, even Colleen Nolan, sits there like a beached whale. You know, she brought out a fitness DVD. Oh, I lost all this weight and it was that. It piles back on again. And when it piles back on, it's even more. So it's no good Lauren Goodyear, who is not an expert in this. She's just, it's just a money thing. And so as far as I'm concerned, you know, go to the doctor. They'll give you a diet sheet. Carol Malone, oh, I'm late. Carol Malone has got some, um, some nice things to talk about. Hopes for this year. Hopes for 2016. And you might share in most of them. So I'll tell you about them after this. Join me, Nick Ferrari, back leading Britain's conversation from 7 tomorrow morning on LBC. Morning, everybody. 7.20 is the time. Sunday the 3rd of January. So back to work tomorrow. Yeah, really excited. Not really, no. But everybody's going back there because you've had the longest holiday that you ever want. So Carol Malone's column. Uh, the most deluded celebrities of 2015. OK. Uh, the first one is Harry Styles for believing that a £3,000 suit that looks like it was made from a pair of Ikea curtains constitutes style. He looked ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous in it. But, uh, you know, there you go. There's, there's no accounting for taste, is there? Louis Walsh for convincing himself that this year's X Factor was a flop because he wasn't on it. No, no, I believe it was a flop because he wasn't on it. I want to see him back there. Ola Jordan for not realising the only reason she's got a showbiz career is because she's on Strictly and having burnt her bridges there, all that'll be left will be a half-naked photo shoot and opening supermarkets, and even that'll be finished after a year. Uh, Charlie Sheen, who finally admitted he was HIV positive. My hopes for the year... She says that Princess 18 Holiday's Beatrice and Pippa Middleton will come to understand what the world gainful employment means. Yeah, because Beatrice is what's commonly known as a pointless princess, not blessed with looks, talent or anything else. Just happened to have been born into a royal family. Uh, the other one was that Princess Anne gets in one of those wardrobe sorter outers and chucks out everything in the wardrobe that's older than the children. Jeremy Clarkson will learn the art of self-control and Cheryl Fernandez Spagbol discovers the joy of cake. Yes. Yeah, we got milk. Did we get all of that for £2? Yeah, I'm going to have a milkshake. <laughs> well, you can have some milk. It's a pound. OK, for every... I'm going to make money on this, I tell you, if nothing else. Nothing else. Uh, I'll, I'll have some milk actually in here so it can go in my black coffee. How excited we've got milk. I'm so excited. Look at that, honestly. Easily pleased. You know, some people, a lottery win. Me, pint of milk. No, no biscuits. There are biscuits out there. I left biscuits. I left some um, 
chocolate biscuits. Not for you, though, because your New Year resolution, Mark, is to lose weight. <laughs> it is now. Look at that. How much was that? One forty-five. One forty-five for milk. They did do a thing a short while, and they are. I think was it Nick Ferrari? Oh, I've moved it. Was it Nick Ferrari who, who asked Boris? He said, "How much is a pint of milk?" And Boris didn't have the faintest idea how much a pint. Of... Lovely, thank you. That's enough. And you can give 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 the rest to Mark. Give the rest to Mark. Yeah, that's why we thought for thirty quid for a pint of milk. No, luckily I know roughly what a pint of milk is. And I'm going to enjoy every bit of it. So excited now. So excited. Uh, more of your texts and emails as we, as we meander through Sunday morning. And uh, check out Mike Barker, says Simon, an expert on both the Montgomery and bomb disposal. I know him. And he believes if it explodes, it'll set off all the gas storage tanks. It's a dreadful thing, isn't it? Dreadful, really. And uh, Irene says, did that shop take your recycling bin as well? No, uh, they didn't. But can you imagine? You'll have to podcast the programme to find out exactly what happened with a shop called Bubbles in Twickenham who thieved the wheelie bin to fill it up with all their rubbish because they're too tight to actually pay the council to take it away. I'm going to make a big deal about this one, I tell you. Ghastly man. Ghastly man. Uh, In my local shop, says Mick, uh, milk is 86 pence for two litres. This is central London. Okay, I don't have to explain any more to you. It's central London. It's very... Was that two litres? It's probably two litres. Two... Yeah, two. We think it's two litres. And it's one one forty five here. Oh, it's one litre. Oh, God, it's even worse. But that it's... But it's right. Believe you me, it makes no difference to me. I'm so rich, I can spend pound forty five on a litre of milk. Uh, look, see, they've all gone mad for it now. Oh, quick, quick, let's make a cup of tea before it all vanishes. Yeah, woo-woo. All that excitement. Uh, Steve, Fergie worked as a chalet girl prior to Andy, so she should know how to look after all four of them. I can't imagine how useless she must have been about that. And um, apparently, and uh, da, 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 I think you need to fire the LBC milk monitor. I mean, leaving you without milk for your coffee is a sackable offence, says Andrew and Shepherd's Bush. Oh, it's, it's hanging. It's a hanging offence, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I, I did hear somebody else on one of our other stations moaning the fact the other week, during before Christmas, he said he came in, he said, and there was no milk in the fridge. And you can imagine a, a company the size of this one, we get through a lot of milk. Was there no milk at all upstairs? Or, or was it just all out of date? There wasn't any coffee? Oh, right. See, I, I bring my own bags. It's so exciting when you've got milk, honestly. It just makes you appreciate, doesn't it, the little things in life. You know? They, exactly. I mean, we could all die. Luckily, I came to the rescue and bought the milk. So that's it. I like the idea of having a milk monitor. I was a milk monitor at school. I didn't give them any milk at all. We used to have... It was delivered... And you'd stand at a table, and we had little little bottles of milk and a straw, because it was, it was pre-war, and, um, and with the buzz bombs going on overhead and the zeppelins and everything else. And I was handing out the milk. And if I didn't like somebody, I'd say, uh, I have to go to the back of the queue. You were pushing. I was a nightmare at school, seriously. I thought I was a nightmare. I was also a food monitor as well on my table. There were six people, and I, I designated who had to go out and get the food, and then bring it back, and then I served it. If I didn't like them, they got very small portions. See? I was even thinking about obesity back in those days. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Bridget said, apparently Christo, oh, he's still alive, is he? Sent his producer out for, for milk at 1am too. Obviously didn't leave any for you. He sent you out as well. Outrageous, isn't it? He's so tight. Did he pay for it? Yeah, good. 
Better, better check the coinage. Most of it will be a bit, bit, bit hooky, I should imagine. Uh, what else we got here for you today? Before I go back on to another couple. Apparently, Monday is a National Scottish Bank holiday. No public transport. Very, very few shops open. Yeah, I don't. You see, I don't mind that. Uh, never buy one pint of milk. Four, four pints for a pound at most supermarkets. Says Krista. Is it really? Yeah, but the trouble is round here. There's not many options at twenty past seven in the morning. You know, we have to we have to sort of take what what is going. And if it costs one pound forty five, and I haven't seen the change yet, I uh, you know I don't make a big deal about it or anything. Thank you. Let's make sure it's marked. I don't want to see. Yeah, it's not funny. People conveniently forget that. You know, you give them a tenner and they go, "Oh right, did you buy the thing?" Yeah, yeah. And the change is where. Because they, they, they put it in their pocket and they, and they kind of forget about it because I'm quite mean, as you know. Thank you very much indeed. Check whether it's current currency. I know I'm, I've been palmed off with some stuff from the Isle of Man before now. Is that, a, yeah, that seems all right to me. I'm sure it's an old style 50 pence piece. It doesn't look as though it's current tender, but uh, I'm prepared to go for it. Uh, Steve, have you ever tried goat's milk, says Duncan, in Kent? Oh, well, not for much longer if the ship blows up. <laughs> we could we could have you all over the place. I'm worried about this ship. I'm, I think it should have been front page headlines. I'm not interested in what an MP gets up to. I'm more interested in uh, in the fact that a, a ship could actually blow up, and it could be it could be a total disaster. Total disaster. And um, uh, Mike in Manchester says, uh, "Have you ever interviewed Chris Evans? No, no. I know he listens to the program." Because he, he used to phone up my producer and say, you know, when... And he goes down to Little Italy as well. So he says, when, when, when's Steve going to come out for lunch with me? But the trouble is, you know what it's like when celebrities start pestering you for things? And I go, oh, go away, honestly. Do I, do I sound like I need a friend who's got a new show on the television? No, I don't. But there was all, I'm always very flattered, actually. And uh, somebody says, I think you're very lucky to have the coffee. Because I was listening to LBC yesterday afternoon. They said there was no coffee in the building. Uh, one presenter was asked to leave her half cup of coffee for the next one. I think it was Ian Dale. No, I have my own coffee. I have Ian Payne, would it? Oh, right. Or is it Petri? She's very generous with her coffee. But uh, no, I have my own, my own gourmet Italian. And uh, comes a little bag like that. And, uh, and, and it's hidden. So I don't want people... Uh, it's hidden in here at the moment, yeah. But no, I, I, I drink my own coffee. That's not, that's not for any snob value. It's just that it tastes better. And uh, and with the milk in. The milk's very fresh. I think that must be Guernsey milk. Not. Uh, what was I going to do? Oh, yes, something else. Uh, Kevin O'Sullivan came up with the uh, role of honour. Uh, Sky Atlantic's amazing The Affair. ITV's haunting. Unforgotten, both utterly compelling. Catastrophe. I didn't see... Did anybody see poor old Professor Green? He has a new show out, How the Mighty Have Fallen. He's now attempting to do a game show. To say the man is wooden, it's, it's where people go on there and mime. And he's doing it with Mel, uh, the, the scary one. Scary Spice. Is it she B? Yeah, yeah, she's B, because the other one's Melanie Chisholm, and she's very pretty. And, uh, yeah, so Mel B's doing it with, with Professor Green. Honestly, he's so out of his depth, it's, it's dreadful, really. Uh, also, uh, Singing in the Rainforest with the Happy Mondays. I missed that one, actually. Uh, also, uh, David Beckham. For the love of the game, a whistle-stop tour featuring our hero playing football on all seven continents. And that's his uh, charity stuff for the year. Catherine Tate's Nan for summing up the Gogglebox phenomenon. We're actually watching people watching people on the television. What a load of old... Yes, I've seen the... I can't bear it. I'm the only one. Everybody I've spoken to, they go, how can you not like Gogglebox? I said, because it's so false. It's so fake. 
People sitting there watching a DVD that they've been given, and then they all have to... I mean, some of them, you can tell it's almost scripted. I mean, the two, uh, there's two black women on there who seem to spend most of their time eating, which I don't have a problem with if you're watching television. I mean, they just look like really, really, really bad actresses. But I did discover something, actually, and, and it's a really, really good actress. And it's, uh, it was my friend, Pamela Cundell. Pamela Cundell played uh, Robbie Box's mum in Big Deal. She was in Dad's Army... Uh, she was she was so theatrical. Ask anybody who ever met her. She was president of the CAA, which was the club for acts and, and is the club for acts and uh, artists in Bedford Street. And um, she was wonderful. She was so showbiz. She used to phone me up at home, leave a message on my answer phone. Steve, darling, it's Pammy, she'd go. <laughs> I never used to answer the phone because I knew it could be three days later. But anyway, she she died. Uh, I did bump into her at the uh, the Lady Rattlings. She was a, a wonderful person, absolutely wonderful. But um, she left over a million pounds in her will. Seriously, I was I was absolutely amazed. I mean, I wouldn't have thought she would have left that much, but that's what they've said. She left money to the CAA to have uh, a meal on her uh, over two years. She left £5,000 to them, £5,000 to the CAA, and I'm now late for the news. So very, very quick time check. It's 730 <laughs> Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. 27 minutes to uh, 8. We'll find out uh, a little bit later on exactly what Stig Abel is going to be doing on his programme. Uh, Steve, is it me, says Derek? I don't know, dear. Look in the mirror. If it looks like you, it's you. He says, but a lotto jackpot of 50.4 million on Wednesday is the comeuppance for adding more numbers and making the odds of winning almost impossible. Yes, I I totally agree with you. I I wouldn't disagree with that. That's exactly what they've done. So it's now, I think you've got extra numbers in there. And and the odds have gone from, I think, 17 million to one to 45 million to one. So there's no chance, is there? It it, it might as well just keep going. Might as well just keep going. Uh, Another one here very quickly. This is... um, Oh, you can tell us about the Facebook scam. I will, actually. I'm just just telling you about Boy George. Because his uh, victim, who's called uh, Auden was held at Boy George's London flat, where he chained him to a wall with handcuffs and then whipped him with a chain. Um, it's, it's scandalous. He's never apologised to him. He's never said sorry. It wasn't like it was ten years ago. It was just a few years ago. And Deirdre Sanders, writing in The Sun, says appointing him to a role like this makes you wonder if the BBC bosses gave away their common sense for Christmas. But you have to realise that the BBC bury their heads in the sand. They just go, oh, really? Oh, something going on. Good heavens above, we can't believe it. Uh, in public, the star is a man of great talent and wit, but uh, Auden, the, uh, the young man concerned, is absolutely right. It's inconceivable that the BBC would appoint someone who had beaten and terrorised a woman to mentor young singing hopefuls. I mean, he's quite clearly some sort of pervert. You know, he might have turned his life around, but no apology, no nothing, no nothing. It would be lovely to think that boy George was utterly transformed and rehabilitated by his four months inside. But why isn't he asked to meet Auden to apologise for the terrible impact his crime had on him? Surely the BBC can find a genuinely inspiring role model for the voice. No, they can't. They seem to think that boy George, who can be quite revolting, quite revolting, ask people who've ever worked with him exactly how bad he can be, the tantrums, the, uh, the complete, you know, lack of any humility whatsoever. Really terrible, absolutely terrible. And you're right, he shouldn't even be on The Voice. But the BBC are losing it anyway, so why would they care about it? They don't. Um, there's a picture of two police officers dozing in their patrol car with the engine running. They were found uh, at about 3.45am. There must have been... Uh, really exhausted, had a night on the uh, 
on the town having to work, and then they just close their eyes for a little bit. Somebody said they actually tried to wake them, but it didn't work. But there again, you sort of, you're never too sure whether that's true. I had no idea that Melanie Sykes smoked. Poo, stinky ashtray. Yes, she smokes. Here she is, coming out of, of a gym, and then she lights up outside. Which is quite bizarre, actually. I mean, who is it who sort of, um, who sort of, you know, says you need to, um, you need to carry on smoking? Pixie Geldof, my God, she's a hefty hideaway person. And uh, she's been dating a drummer for ages and ages. Don't ever wear a bikini again, love, OK? It's, it's really not you. It's really not you. If a hefty hideaway girl, not good. From page three, Idol winner to actress in Hollywood, Keely Hazel. Never heard of her. Uh, Joe Wicks is the body coach. He's the one that the son appeared to have found. And um, he has lots of fans. John Terry. Wouldn't call that a recommendation. Uh, Ella Eyre. Ella Eyre. Who's Ella Eyre? No idea. Dougie Pointer. Uh, Ellie G. And Joey Essex. I don't quite understand why Joey Essex would be a fan. Have you ever seen Fat Joey Essex? No, it doesn't exist. But Joe Wicks, they, they've, they've let him speak... His voice is about as funny as um, as David Beckham. It's in fact, if not uh, if not funnier, he says never. Ella Eyre is a singer songwriter. What, what has she written? Anything I've heard of? Has she written anything? You know, maybe for some hit groups or beat combos out there. Has she uh, one album? She's had an album. Oh, good lord! Oh, well, there you go. So she's done quite well. She got to number four in what? In the charts. Right. Good heavens above! She's better than the uh, better than the X Factor winner. <laughs> Four copies sold, we've decided. So has she written lots of um, lots of hit tunes? Has she, has she done any sort of hit tunes that we would know of? Apart from um, apart from her hit album. Uh, don't forget, incidentally, before I forget, um, you've got to listen tonight to In Conversation to Tim Roth, the new Quentin Tarantino film. It was such a... I'd forgotten how good the interview was, actually, because you tend to go through the interviews, and I, I tend to... I think I was at the end of a very busy week, and I'd forget, listening back to it this morning, I thought, God, how was a, he was really on form, considering how tired he was. Uh, Never diet. My secret is eat well and feel full, says Joe Wicks, who's one of those annoying people who's got loads of hair and a washboard stomach. Not unsimilar to my good self. Uh, now, here is the story in the paper today. This is the one that you're waiting for. And this is on uh, a scam. This is on a, a Facebook scam. And I'll explain it to you because um, it might be that your kids are drawn into this one. Uh, middle-class teenagers, and I specify middle-class teenagers, are being lured through Facebook to join criminal gangs in bank account backing Hacking scams. The youngsters are promised the chance to make up to £12,000 in half an hour. OK. They offer their bank accounts to fraudsters as a place to deposit funds plundered from innocent hacking victims. So the, the thing comes through. You can make £12,000 in 30 minutes. And it's money laundering. Now, if you get caught, I have to tell you, it's up to 14 years in prison, so you'd have to be pretty dumb to go for this. But apparently quite a number of people have. Hundreds of Facebook pages where gang members advertise for accomplices to help them carry out frauds. Uh, what they do is they tempt te teenagers with photographs of themselves in nightclubs or shopping malls, posing with the proceeds of their crime, including wads of cash, computers, shopping bags from designer places. One page had 9,000 members. Last week... Police launched an investigation because they brazenly advertise on Facebook. They're being allowed to rip people off. Facebook closed them down. Lo and behold, back they come again. So our reporter, this is for the Daily Mail, posed as a youngster willing to help the criminal gang and was contacted by a fraudster known as James Paper. P 
P-A-Y-P-E-R. He offered the reporter the chance to make between £4,000 and £12,000 in 30 minutes and promised to split any proceeds 50-50 if he could deposit cash in the reporter's account and then meet up to withdraw it from a bank. The investigator was told to bring his bank card to a busy London tube station where it would be picked up by the fraudster's associate known as a runner. The baby-faced runner told our reporter to avoid being caught by the police. After you cash out, you should ring up your bank and say your card has been stolen. He also advised the reporter to empty his account before laundering the money. However, our man made his excuses. And so they've got a picture of the fraudster here and pictures of somebody showing you a, a watch, a very flash Rolex watch, and then somebody holding wads and wads of cash, and the baby-faced uh, fraudster. A City of London police spokesman said it may sound like an easy way to make money, but all those who choose to launder the criminal gains of others should be under no illusion that they are committing an offence, and it carries up to 14 years in prison. If you're dumb enough to do it, they will catch you. OK, it's as simple as that. They will catch you. Might not be today, might not be tomorrow, but certainly it's going to be soon. And and then, then, you go to prison. Because you're money laundering. And it's illegal. Uh, Rob's off to his job in uh, retail. The customers are really cranky since Christmas. Yeah, it's, uh, do you know why? Because it's just gone forever. I've never known such a long Christmas break. I mean, I don't seem to have seen anybody for for ages and ages and ages. You know, it's just, it's just one of those things. Uh, a lot of people say it may be possible to get four pints for a quid, but it's putting dairy farmers in dire positions. Yeah, you know, the trouble is I don't think my milk is, uh, is, he- is helping in any way at £1.45 because I suspect they're not paying very much for it. They're just doing a bigger markup because it's in, it's in London and you have, to, uh, you have to pay over the odds if you want something at this time of the morning. It's like going to a motorway service station and trying to find petrol at normal high street prices. It's, uh, it just doesn't happen, does it, really? You know, they, 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 they charge you extra because they say, oh, we're actually uh, open, you know, so many, uh, so many hours. Uh, Steve, read the lotto, says Ian. I think the prize was shared by five plus bonuses paid. Can we check the lotto winnings? £320,000. No, wait a minute. Thirty-two, one, two, three. Thirty-two million pounds for winners. Really? I don't know. We'll have a check on that one. L- luckily, we, we can check this. Patrick says, my brother, age seven, caught the milk lady kissing the headmaster in the cloakroom. That's quite normal, isn't it? I think, you know, she might have, you know, she might have been milk monitor or something. And uh, you mentioned John Partridge might be going into uh, CBB. I can't see that happening. He's done Pantom in Nottingham and stars in the Tour of Chicago next month. He's too talented. Well, yeah, but it's, it's, he can do that, Bridget. He absolutely can. He's not going to be a month in there. He'll be, be a couple of weeks, won't it? Three, three weeks. Something like that. So it could absolutely do that. It doesn't affect anything in the slightest. Uh, Leslie says, I've worked in several charity shops and got fed up with the paid managers always letting the shops run out of milk and expected the unpaid volunteers, who are often elderly, go out to buy it. I love the idea of in all weathers. I think that's quite funny, actually. No, they should go out and buy it. Absolutely outrageous. You expect the charity shop to pay for your milk. Heavens above, that's not good. Adrian says, I'd like 2016 to be the end of reality television. Let's get back to real celebrity status. Uh, yes, I mean, they're not now. They're only... Uh, Daniela Westbrook's only in there because of her drugs. She's not in there for anything else. She's certainly of no interest to anybody, is she? So why, why do these people think she's interesting? Darren Day is only in there because he's got a history. Why are we all laughing? Is there something going on? Something very funny, is there? OK. Tell me in a minute. I love the idea of tell you in a minute kind of thing. Um, another one here. I pay 78 pence a pint, but it's delivered to my door and my milkman has never let me down, says Mo. Uh, perhaps Global should buy their own cow. 
Oh, I don't know. Ron says, where's Kevin the Milkman when you need him? I know, I know. It's one of those things. Uh, Simon says, I think Sarah Ferguson grew up in a village near Basingstoke called Dummer. Is it pronounced that or Duma? Is it, is it pronounced? I don't know. I've got no idea. And uh, Jane says, you could have unleashed your Jeremy Clarkson upon your producer, but no milk. And uh, a lot of people saying it's, 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 oh, sorry, I do beg your pardon. I should have turned that down, shouldn't I? Uh, I was a lotto winner. Says, I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed by the fact that my phone went off. My friend Chris down in Chelmsford, you know Chris down in Chelmsford, he won £25 on the lotto last night. £25. We, we hate you. We hate you now because you're a winner. £25. Actually, I got... You remember when I checked my lottery and I thought it was going to be at £150? £49. It's a bit disappointing, isn't it? But, but the good news is that I did get... Wait a minute. I'll tell you what I got now. Two lotto lucky dips twice and a lotto... Lucky dip. So that's what I've got. So I've got five, five entries. <laughs> Shall be playing that again. I put fifty quid in in the tickets. Twenty-five. Oh, it's ridiculous. Twenty-five pounds. That's nice though. Twenty-five pounds for the food that, uh, that that Chris eats. I mean, that's practically a that's practically a month's worth of food for him, isn't it? Really, some lettuce leaves, a handful of seeds, and some nuts. He doesn't need anything else. I keep saying to him. I said, you know, if you'd only eaten chips when you were younger, you know, and had kebabs, and he goes in horror. He's absolutely... Seriously, you can't get him to eat anything that he thinks isn't, uh, isn't good. So, so was the lottery shared by five plus the bonus? No, it wasn't. Liar. Ian, I'm going to delete you. I've decided. You're an idiot. These people come... What, what for lottery are you following? The Toy Town lottery, are you? No, I think the prize was shared. No, it wasn't. Wait a minute. See what else you've written. No, I'm definitely going to delete you. I've decided you're too stupid. Can't have people this daft at this time of the morning. It's crazy, isn't it? People telling you that this is one and that's one and it hasn't. Wait a minute. Oh, now I've done it. Oh, wait a minute. No, no. Oh, God, I've now lost it. Wait a minute. Oh, there you go. I learned how to do this a short while ago. I'm very good at doing this. Uh, but I have to sort of fiddle about with a computer. I don't really know what I'm doing at all, actually. Is that all we got here? It's just a 30, is it? Just a 30-second little break coming up. Is it? Is it longer? Is it enough time to go out there? Is it really? Is it really? Well, I shall do that now, ladies and gentlemen. It's 14 to 8. Steve Allen on LBC. Leading Britain's conversation. Stig Abel. This morning from 8 on LBC. It's going to set you on fire this morning. You're either going to get very angry listening to the programme, because I know that they're going to be talking about uh, Saudi, these 47 executions. I've just... Uh, somebody confirmed to me a short while ago they were beheadings. And you think to yourself, some of these people were murderers. Some people weren't. And uh, this is, it's, their human rights is just absolutely appalling. And they're going to be talking as well on Stig Abel's programme about Simon uh, Danjuk. Whether or not you think he's sort of fit for purpose or whether or not he's one of these. It seems odd, doesn't it, that he's the man who was so intent on, you know, bringing down uh, all the people who'd been misbehaving with people. And it turns out he misbehaves as well. It doesn't, doesn't really help, does it? Whether or not the 17-year-old girl has got a history of sort of writing to peculiar people like him, I don't know. Whether or not it's going to kill his career, I don't know. I think that's up to the media. He's not been charged with anything, as far as I know. So we'll wait and see. But uh, it'll certainly be very interesting. Uh, the Kent Port... I think that story's going to go big this week. You know, if you've got a ship that is lying off the coast with 1,400 tonnes 
of explosives in it, which could cause a tsunami. It could take out Sheerness. It could take out uh, quite a number of places, actually, including South End. Don't make me say it. I've been to South End. I quite like South End. I know people say it's a ghastly place. They'd be doing it a favour. But I, I like South End. It was, it was the, the childhood dream to go to South End years and years ago and go in the arcades and go on the rides. And it was, it was great, actually. Uh, John the Fishmonger and his better half, Amanda. So you're on top form as usual. Well, I like to think so, actually. Uh, Fawn says... Uh, it says here, read the offensive early 30s age comments when you're quite clearly in your early 20s. I know. Can you actually believe? Can you actually believe that somebody would uh, would ever say that? I sound as I'm in my 30s. Because I am in my 30s. I don't want to go through that malarkey like we did last year. I mean, somebody at one point last year said, you know, you're 61. I said, you're going to wake up eating hospital food. I've never really like it. These people make up these ages, you know, which is just, it's not right. And it's very offensive. To my family of people who are only 20. And uh, another one here. Uh, any chance for any conversation with Bonnie Langford? We've done her. We've done Bonnie. I've known Bonnie for many, many years. There's a piece in the paper, actually, about Leslie Joseph, saying that she's still a sex symbol. I've had Leslie Joseph in her bra and pants in my car. Thought you'd be impressed. Thought you'd be impressed. She changed in my car, actually. Luckily, I adjusted the mirror. And, uh, you know, somebody's taking their clothes off in my car. It's a rarity, to be honest with you. Jenna, have got to pay them first. And uh, another one here. You mentioned uh, motorway service petrol prices. Do you know motorway services don't pay a penny in rates? That's because they offer free 24-hour toilet facilities. We got them all out today. Is everybody out here? Well, because they've got a toilet, you don't have to pay. Well, you could put toilets in anywhere, couldn't you, really? However, I often stop at Cobham where they've got a Greg's the Baker's. Lord, I went in there the other day. I bought something in Greg's the Baker's. I think it was a, it was a pasty kind of thing. God, it was horrible. It was really horrid. It was cold. And I thought it was supposed to be hot. I think if it's in a hot cabin, it's supposed to be hot. We've eaten the sausage rolls. We like that, actually. Uh, we, like, we like the sausage rolls quite a lot. I can't have dairy, Steve, says Michelle. So soya milk has been expensive. I don't understand. No cows involved. No people employed to hug them. I don't think cows get hugged, do they? They just go in there and they give, they give milk. That's how it works. Uh, another one here, very quickly. Uh, very quickly. Where do you want? Computer takes ages to sort of load up, which is very interesting. And so let's go here. A lot of people talk about Katie Hopkins last week. I thought she was very funny last week. Very funny. Uh, we've had a lovely Christmas, says Neil. Took Teddy to see the Panto. Snow White at Harlow. Fantastic. And our daughters gave us tickets to see the Illusionist show. So we're looking forward to that. Yes, you'll see Ben Hart. He's touring in that as well. Very busy boy. He's, I mean, I'm delighted to say that we first used Ben Hart uh, in our Christmas show about six years ago. Six years ago. I forgot to tell you as well about the great casino, <coughs> excuse me, inside sock job. And this was a guy who uh, was working as a croupier. Uh, he was Romanian. Not that I think that makes any difference to this. And he was working in the Cromwell Mint in West London, which I pass. It's just uh, opposite the uh, Natural History Museum. And uh, what he did was he was taking gaming chips and dropping them into his pocket, which then connected to his socks via a tube. And he walked... Now, I find this really... I mean, it, it did go on, because they know. Um, the interesting thing is that if you go into any casino, they can't pick up chips, because when they, take, when they swipe them off the table, they go down into 
the table which sorts them all out underneath. They're all electronic, these tables. They certainly are at the Hippodrome, and I'm assuming Cromwell Mint would be exactly the same. The idea that, that somebody... And they have people watching, they have pit bosses, who watch the tables. They're watching the croupiers. And in Vegas, where they're very hot on it, you know, they've had people card counting and everything else, and they make them show their hands. So in a new casino, uh, you know, when, when a casino brings a croupier in, they show their hands front and back to the cameras above the table. If somebody was scooping off into the, and putting their hand into their pocket, you taking the milk? No, you could take the milk. No, you could take the milk. God, if Stig wants a cup of coffee, tell him it's on me, but, you know, just, just let him know it's mine. Okay. Well, it's not my milk, but, you know, I bought it. pound forty-five, tax deductible. <laughs> Enjoy. That's your New Year present. Enjoy it. So, yeah, so, I mean, I find it difficult to believe that somebody could actually put their hand off the table uh, and put chips in their pocket. But apparently, they said the last recorded case uh, was six years ago when Wayne Wagner was caught stuffing chips into his sock uh, working at a casino in central London. He maintained the ruse for six years, found to have been pocketing up to £1,000 a month. Not a lot, is it, really? £1,000 a month when you got that much. Uh, anyway, he was jailed for 15 months. He admitted stealing 69000 uh, There was another man who stole £1,000 in gambling chips every day for four years. That's quite a lot, actually. Uh, this man was caught after a croupier saw him slipping a £25 chip into his back pocket. And what he was doing, he was hiding them in a toilet cubicle for his accomplice to pick up. It's very easy, actually. I did know somebody also worked in a casino, and uh, she could fiddle the wheel. She could fiddle the wheel. But, uh, last month, three British gamblers jailed in Monaco for a lucrative scam in which they made £2.69 million in just a year. What their method was was to cash in fake £1,000 chips mixed alongside real ones. Eventually, the fraud was spotted on, uh, on CCTV. Last night... Genting decided to comment, declined to comment on the theft from the Cromwell Mint. The police were unable to confirm whether the croupier had been arrested and cautioned. It's an interesting one, isn't it? They say that when his uh, flat was raided, they found £12,000 in cash. It's a Malaysian uh, corporation that also runs Crockford's, which is, I think, one of the oldest ones. Uh, Bosses at the Cromwell Mint began to suspect the croupier was stealing while he was working at the gaming table and monitored his behaviour. Very interesting. They say the chips literally fell out of him as he stood outside in the street. He even had some secreted in his socks. I seriously don't understand how people can do that, because they do watch them really carefully. But uh, who knows? Stranger things have happened, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, More on the, uh, the, the church leaders from Africa and Asia who are threatening to walk out. Uh, of a crucial meeting chaired by the Archbishop of Canterbury, unless the American bishops drop their support for gay marriage. Justin Welby, the Archbishop, last year invited the leaders of the worldwide Anglican Church to the summit in Canterbury next week in a make-or-break effort to avert a permanent split over homosexuality. The row has torn the church apart for a decade. I don't. The, the only reason I, I tell you this is because on the LBC website there is the rantings of some delusional drunk... Uh, on a tube train, who sees some people getting on who are uh, who are dressed as women, and then proceeds to launch into this this homophobic rant uh, using every rude word under the sun. I mean, quite clearly, the man's a complete and utter idiot, uh, and a little bit naive and simple, and that's why he was all by himself, drunk, and he launches into this tirade, which frankly wouldn't have looked out of place about. 
30 years ago. But uh, not anymore. And the person sitting next to him, very strong language. I have to warn you now, it does come with a warning. Very strong language. Not that if you're an adult, you'd have heard this kind of language before, but it's very strong, even by my standards. And, um, and he uses everything, and he's, he's quite clearly got some sort of trouble going on. He's probably gay himself, I should imagine, and he just doesn't want to accept it. Oh, because you do this, because you do that. And the bloke sitting next to him go, he's, he's quite calm, actually, and I think the bloke phoned Petri. I'm pretty certain he did. And uh, was telling her all about it. And it's, it's very interesting, because you listen to these, uh, these people, and they're a little bit delusional, a little bit backward. And he was certainly backward and delusional. But uh, at the end of the time, you know, the, the, the bloke who was sitting next to him said, well, listen, I wish you a really good life and all the rest of it. But uh, quite clearly, it was very much tongue-in-cheek. Very much tongue-in-cheek. But uh, so sad to see it in this day and age. But that's, that's drink and drugs for you, ladies and gentlemen. There's nothing you can do about it. Just have to kind of leave it to one side. Uh, we have to leave me to one side until tomorrow morning. And I shall be back with you at 4am until 6 We're all back to normal, I think, from tomorrow. I hope we're back to normal. hope you're all back to normal as well. And I'm sure that you will be. Thank you very much indeed for all your um, texts and emails. Thank you for all the Christmas cards. They're still coming in, the Christmas cards. Can you believe? The post is sort of, you know, catching up with itself. So uh, I wish you a very pleasant day. I take an umbrella. It's going to tip it down, I think. And good luck to everybody at the Magic Circle for their final show of the year. And they can go home for a night. I think Catherine said she was going home for a nice long sleep, which is lovely. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you very much indeed. And don't forget to podcast. I'm back again this evening uh, with In Conversation. You can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you